0: All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. In the fires of undersoil heating. Stronger than the steel of a stadium roof. Their name is uttered in anguish and ecstasy. It's all about the football gods. All they can do is hope they're smiling on them. Never seen, never heard, but with ultimate power. These are
1: the football!
2: Here we go, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for this week's episode of Football Gods with me, Kate Mason. And me, Tim Spears.
1: We have got a guest and a half today, Emil Heskey. What a career this guy had. What things he did, Kate. What things he won. We're going to get into it. He was famously of Leicester, Liverpool and then Birmingham, Wigan, Villa, Newcastle Jets and Bolton. Uh, but also England. He won 62 caps for England. A remarkable striker who has quite a story to tell.
2: He's a man of many strings, as we discovered from chatting to him for Football Gods. Talked a little bit little bit of cricket, a little bit of athletics as well, didn't we? And some of his heroes as well. It was, was quite cute hearing him asking for the autograph of a footballer, who many would be keen to ask for the autograph of. But it was, it was lovely to hear him talk about it.
1: It was lovely. Uh, lovely to get some memories of the early days at Leicester and also the early days of his... Two sons' football careers, which is definitely going to be one to keep an eye on,
2: and we think you're really going to enjoy it. Here we go, then, everybody. It's time for this week's episode of Football Gods. Here is Emil Heskey, football god. So, Emil, how did you feel about uh, becoming a football god for the purposes of the Football Gods with me and Tim?
3: Well, I don't know to be honest. Football god, I'm not sure. Um... It's funny because my, my first love was uh, athletic, so being a football god is a bit strange. Um, I loved I loved um, Linford Christie, Carl Lewis, etc., etc., Ed Moses. I loved doing sprinting and uh, I loved uh, long jump. But obviously, when you play football, you can do football whenever you want. You can play in the back garden on your own. You can go and find four mates and make up a game. You can go and find ten mates and, and play a full match. So football was very good in that sense and that's where that's where it became a part of my
2: life. So how are you doing long jump? Is that a school thing? Yeah. I was lucky to, to be at a school where we
3: had a, a big field from a young age, from junior school. A big field with a, with, a, with a track on it plus a long jump pit plus a swimming pool. We had quite a bit so we were very, very lucky in that sense.
1: So did you get to a, a decent level in long jump or sprinting? Or
3: um, I was okay. Uh, it's funny because... I was quick and I could jump. <laughs> I won most of my most of my uh, events. I lost one well, I lost two long jump events. But they were the first the first one was against someone who was 2 years older than me. And then the other one was against <coughs> a guy who ended up going on to win um Commonwealth gold. Really? I think it was Commonwealth gold in long
1: jump. When was it you realized as a youngster that hang on I'm I'm pretty decent at this this could actually be you know my thing
3: no when football came about it was like football Football was it I I played uh, I, I um made my under 18s debut at 15 and then 16 year training with uh, year, year, I, I left school and then went to YTS so I'm in and around the first team training with them in a sense of we all used to come together um, back in the day and Especially when you come to the running, you didn't have your first team doing running over there. The youth team doing running over there. We were all in it together, so mingling. Uh, we'd sometimes play five sides together, and and you kind. Of, I was kind of holding my own. And at sixteen, I was doing the. I was going and playing preseason games with the first team, so I was doing. Okay, I was doing okay, and then got injured. Well, I knew when I come back, I was. I was more than good enough to be uh, in and around the first team.
1: I was going to say, were you a Leicester fan as well, Emil?
3: I was actually a Liverpool fan growing up with my with my uncle, um, but um, obviously playing for Leicester from the age of nine, you you you're bound to be a Leicester fan. I was going there more often than not because that's the way uh, the way you get tickets from. Um, I was I was a ball boy from the age of nine and ten all the way up, so I was always at the stadium at Filbert Street. So yeah, it was uh, yeah I was a Liverpool fan because my uncle, but. I I I was a Leicester fan as well.
2: So was it partly being a part of that community, like being around Leicester, that you that you appreciated as as being a part of the sport?
3: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And that's that's one of the main things about Leicester. You, it is a community thing, and you, everyone knows everyone, and everyone sticks together. We're all hardworking. We all love our sports. We all love it. And and at that time, uh, the Tigers were the were I would like to see uh the, the best in the country at the time. So we had one of the best uh, uh um teams in the country playing playing a sport as well and then we had we had ourselves yo-yo in from um what was first division and second division uh and then you had basketball as well so and the cricket. Uh so it was it was a it was a really sporty city to go. Um
1: right well, we're on to our first proper question Emil we've warmed you up nicely Uh, we've established you're a Leicester and Liverpool fan Um, but who's like glory glory team or glory season or glory era of a team maybe you either played in or supported or admired who's your team of the gods basically
3: Um, I would say I would say Liverpool when John Barnes was there and, and they were just running away with everything John Barnes was my idol he was someone that I looked up to he was someone that Draw, drew me to being with my uncle being a Liverpool fan um, someone that you could readily relate to and someone that you could idolise to say I want to emulate him uh, and that was the key thing so seeing him running down the wing seeing him taking players on seeing him and it, I'm right footed but you run around you run around the school yard trying to dribble with your left foot because John Barnes is left footed so you know you, you emulate them and you want to, you want to be just like them and 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 that team were winning everything at the time. They were they were the team to the, the team to beat. And then obviously, when the, when you talk about playing in the team, it was our two thousand and one, uh, well two thousand two thousand and one team was just a team that we knew what we were about. We were really good players. We we had a really good uh, bond, and we had a fantastic manager.
1: Yeah, an incredible success, obviously. um Quite a lot, quite quite a long season that one, Emil. Um do you do you know how many games you played that season?
3: I think I played 59, I think. Wow. Uh and I, I think it was 63 or 64 games that season.
2: My goodness me. What start 2000, 2001, So features also a charity shield uh game, too.
3: Yeah, and then obviously with then the five one as well. So
2: of course. We might get I feel like we might get to that one at some point yeah. later in, <laughs> later in this conversation and I hope so. And so John John Barnes a hero for for the way he played but also was that partly with the his like Caribbean heritage as well is that something you identified with?
3: Of course when you the thing is when you when you um when you're idolizing people when you're watching stuff it's like who can you relate to who can you who can you look up to to to, to wanna be like and you tend to look at people that look like you and seeing someone running. And that's why, even though I supported uh, Liverpool, I'm, I actually quite like the Arsenal side of that year, era as well. And four or five black players playing in the, in the team, you're like, well, this isn't normal. What's going on here? And so you actually watch them, you're like, oh, that's good, isn't it? Because you used to team one, maybe two players. but having four and five. And they're not just like fringe players. They're the main stay of the team. So it was, it was, it was fascinating to see that at that time. But yeah. um, well, I was, I was, I was uh, a, a huge John Barnes fan, so I wasn't going to sway towards Arsenal. I was... <laughs>
2: no, no, you sorted in there. Um, and there's no like, there's no Jamaica Antigua kind of beef. It's all just.
3: No, do you know what? Um, it's funny you should say that. There's no beef in that sense, but um, they call they call. Jamaica's will probably call Antigua's little island. But when you when when you're you've got to remember we grew up in an era of cricket, so that was West Indies. So that actually brought everyone together. So in essence, we, we had our little I won't say beefs or anything like that. We had our little jokes, but we were we were very, very tight. Um and whenever we saw people of, of, of Caribbean uh uh descent, it's not it's no longer that island and that island, it's no, it's West Indies.
1: That is awesome, yeah. You say John Barnes is your hero. I assume. I assume you've got to meet him in the years since. And if, if so, what 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 was that like meeting your hero? Weird,
3: um, but I've met. It's funny because I've met so many now. It's like, like when I first met Ian Wright and I asked for his autograph, it was. Um, I think it was England under England under twenty ones. We used to, back in the day. We used to fly together with the with the first team, so I met him, and uh, you're like, "Can I have an autograph?" Yeah. Andy Cole's another one that I uh, we I like used to idolise obviously when he was at uh, Newcastle. So um, it's funny because you end up buying Reebok boots because of because of him, and they were the, probably the worst boots that I've worn. But but you go and buy them, and I was what would have been 15, 16? and you go and buy them because of um, because of him because he's wearing them. And uh, you as a youth team player, you have your jobs. Um, and I think, I, I can't even remember what my job was at the time, but I, because I wanted to see him, I, I said to the guy who's, uh, who's, whose job it was to, to do the away, just I'm doing your job today, you're going to do mine, because I'm going to see, I'm going to see um, Andy Cole. And I mean, just to, to see uh, uh, someone that you looked up to and you wanted to emulate,
1: which was great. Obviously, you were at Leicester for quite a few years with there... a... Some kind of key influences in that squad as well. People like I don't know, Steve Claridge would be around that time, and Tony Cotti.
3: Yeah, there was so many. Um, I used to watch from even from when I wasn't playing in the first team. We had David Speedy, and he was one. He, he was a weird one because he was he was smaller than me, and I was and I was sixteen at the time, sixteen at the time, um, and he, was, he he would come up to my shoulder, but he'd beat people in the air were taller than me. So I used to watch him and say, how is he doing that? So you kind of take little bits from you. And Roberts was another one who held the ball up really well. Uh, he's, he's, he's one of the first players that I would see with two and three players around him. He'd be able to hold them all off and bring the ball down at the same time. Like, how is he doing that? What, what, what's he doing with his arms? What's he doing with his legs? How is he, he being able to control himself? So players like that, um, t- t- Tony Cotty, um, like you said, Steve Claridge, He he had this thing of when the ball come in, he would take a touch and then spin straight away, and he'd he'd do it every single time and get away with it. So I started to study a lot of these players that I was that I was playing with.
2: Just another benefit of being around great teams and and learning from them as well. So we've got you here now as a football god. on the show and what you are now going to do is decide what your first act would be if you were to become the god of football and you could change anything you could improve anything whatever you want to do you're god so you know free reign really what is the first thing on day one that you would do to football
3: only thing you could do is probably spice it up and like in the cup final uh, fans can vote whether uh, at the end of a game a goal counts for two yes okay oh
1: okay that's yeah i've not heard that one before
3: yeah so so you can, he's kind of interacting with the fans and they can vote and see who wants to, who uh, if so-and-so scores it counts for two or or if this person uh is the crossbar it counts for i don't know something silly like that yeah i love would it
1: would be good that's it a, it's a, a zany concept but i'm keen to tap into it for sure are we saying like maybe there's like a golden player and that what you know a, a certain player whose goals count double yeah, why not? <laughs> it it means you're going to be like quadruple marked, but yeah, um... that's the
3: thing. But then you quadruple mark, you can still someone else can still score a goal, one goal, can't they? So you've got to figure that
2: one out. Whether you want one goal, or two.
1: true, and you could do the Steve Claridge spin and just to get away from you know a few of them at the same time and then there, there you, go. you go if
2: you're a proper fan as well you'd want to gain the system so you'd be you'd be voting in the other side of the vote as well to try and make the person who's got to score the keeper you get
3: some fans are pretending to be the the fan of the other team just to
2: sabotage yes and if you're god you can you can fix that so it's it's totally fine at what point are you voting you're voting like partway through the game or is this before the start of the of the final
3: i would say partway through the game oh okay you're, you're having to watch to see what's going on and you have to be strategic on how you
2: how you do it. That is a really good call, yeah. Because otherwise you could make your plans right at the beginning and then it wouldn't be so crazy.
1: I like this idea. I feel like this is something they might actually try in Saudi Arabia, you know, sooner, sooner rather than later. I um, <laughs> think you passed on it. Because they're doing the same in uh, snooker. I don't know if you saw, but they're playing a tournament in Saudi Arabia soon where they're having like a golden ball, which is worth like 20 or something. Uh, so they're changing, they're changing snooker. So yeah, maybe this is quite a concept that go. work.
3: I should, I should uh, write it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how we tapped into your imagination, there, Emil. That was great. Um, right, question three. Hopefully, uh, an easy one for you to answer here. Who is football perfection for you, Emil Heskey? Oh,
3: if we're going off what what I've seen and my era. I would say football perfection would have been Maradona. Um but now obviously now seeing Messi, I would say Messi. Yeah, I would say Messi. You you gain so much knowledge watching him play. You gain so much excitement watching him play. Um he's he's a phenomenal player. So I would say I would probably say Messi.
1: No one's going to argue with that one. Um, did you ever, did your ears cross? Did you share a pitch with him?
3: I didn't actually. I don't think. No, I didn't. No, no. I was too. Um, I was because I was at Liverpool at the time. I was what I would have been at 26 when I left Liverpool. he would have been very young by at that time.
1: And presumably, he's somebody who you will turn on a game just to watch him if he if he's playing. He's, yeah, that kind of level.
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, there's certain players that will, you'll will just got, you'll just watch the game knowing something's going to happen when they're playing. Uh, him, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, the other Ronaldo. Um, you know, yeah, them sort of plays are, are the ones you just watch games because you know something's going to happen.
2: The thing about watching him as well is it's like, like you said, it's an education. But if you just watched him and none of the rest of the game, if you just concentrate on watching him... You learn something about what's going on every single time you do that. 100%.
3: A lot of people do that. I know a couple of friends who, they actually, they're messy fans and they don't necessarily watch the game. They just watch him and uh, learn a lot from him.
2: It's something about the way he's like still and in motion at like the perfect times, I think.
3: Yeah. When he's still, he's he's still attracting and he's still, uh, he's still attracting Pro like he's still in the other opposition's mind. Because but he's but he's literally stood still and he's he's taking the attention of probably four or five players because he's just stood still there, which is fascinating as well.
1: Who would be I'm sure you've been asked this before, who would be the best that you that you did share a pitch with, either a teammate or an opposition player?
3: I would say I would say um teammate, I would say Stevie. I thought Stevie was a fantastic player, fantastic individual. Doesn't even need
1: a surname. That's how <laughs> well known this guy is. Just, but we know you mean <laughs> just Stevie. <laughs>
3: so fantastic player, driving force from midfield, a winner and, uh, uh, unbelievable tactician and technically gifted as well. Um, opposition, I would have to say, uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo. A lot of time, yeah. I, 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 I at the time he would have been, he would have uh probably been about 26 27 maybe and he um he, he had all his most of his injuries by that time so he wasn't at his peak but he was still fantastic oh someone yeah another another unbelievable player
1: what's it like sharing a sharing a tunnel uh, when you're coming up against what Ronaldo, Rivaldo, and Ronaldinho in that Brazil team, like obviously you guys are all confident and at the top of your game, but do you still get intimidated by by that?
3: Do you know what? We wasn't intimidated. It wasn't until I uh, look back, right, and you look back and you just look at that team, you like, and I, and I tell people that I goes, look, we were we were very confident going into that game. We we were confident that we could beat anyone at that time, and but when you look back, you got we had Michael Owen who had who's got Ballon d'Or. But they had Ronaldo, uh, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, all ballon d'ors. They had Kaká on the bench as well, another ballon d'Or. <laughs> But we 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 gave them a good run for their money, and we we were disappointed that we didn't we didn't get anything out of that game, to be honest with you. And that's that's how we that's how confident we felt of ourselves.
1: We were all disappointed. Emil, I remember crying that morning. That was that was uh, that what was a do you life. do to us?
2: <laughs> yeah, because you got to right, you've got to play the player rather than the reputation, haven't you? And if you spend your whole time thinking about what they've done and who they are you wouldn't oh i'd be too scared you'd be too scared to do anything would you
3: exactly
0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Next one. We're moving from heaven to hell. Okay? This is a this is a challenge. People str- people struggle with this, but we've had some amazing answers. You've got you're allowed to damn your God, right? So you're allowed to damn a player to hell. Somebody you may have played with or against, somebody you've just seen playing in recent recent seasons, someone who had a big effect on your football life when you were a kid, maybe, and upset you. Uh, who are you sending to hell? The
3: yeah, that's a tough one. Well, he isn't a tough one, but he is a tough one. Uh, I would probably damn to hell Thierry Henry. <laughs> okay,
1: unexpected. Oh.
3: Because if it wasn't for him, we might have won the league. Mm. He just kinda of took the league by storm. He was such an amazing player. He could win a game on his own. And he did that several times against us. So uh we might have won we might have had a chance of winning the league at Liverpool if if if, if he
1: wasn't playing. Which which season would that be a I
3: think it was I think it might have been their invincible season as well.
0: Aww. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you guys were in in and around it you know obviously you won so many i mean liverpool won so many trophies in sort of the early 2000s I know you left before the champions league but before they'd won the fa cup the league cup uefa cup um the league was the one that got away uh is that that is that is that a regret or we we got these yeah. guys just come up short
3: yeah look the the end of the day when you're when you're going for the league is is who's got the who's got that endurance and we obviously didn't have that endurance in the end well, yeah, it's definitely a regret. That's the one that you go go for, and that's the one that um, coming into coming into Liverpool. That's the one that I wanted to wanted to win. Um, I'd won. I've been to three League Cup finals um, with Leicester already. Um, so next step is what? What more can we win? Um, and and one of the biggest one of the biggest ones is the league, and that was the key thing that I wanted to come to Liverpool and win. And I thought that we. I thought we had a chance. To be honest, I thought we had a major chance to do so. Um, uh, but like I said, uh, you come up against the, your Thierry Henrys; it's yeah. it's very tough. <laughs> what what what
1: what was it like moving from Leicester to Liverpool in terms of the sense of expectation? Because obviously, you know, you'd grown up watching John Barnes etc. win the league every year, so you know that that's what they sort of demand. Was that was that difficult for you to cope with individually?
3: Um yes I know um but you coming into when you're coming into a club like that you you know what the demands are yes and it's difficult when you're actually in and around it because again it's so intense but, um it was weird because uh, I'm not sure where they when they were I think it was like they hadn't been they hadn't won for about five years won anything for about five years before I got there so and i had been to 97 99 and two thousand. League Cup finals with Leicester, so I was used to going to Cup finals and then coming into Liverpool and then going to three Cup finals. You're like, well, this is the norm, isn't it? But it's not, and the pressures are very, very intense when you when you're up a, when you're in a club like that because that's that's a must. Um, but I you thrive on them. It's funny because you actually do thrive on that sort of um, that sort of pressures that you put yourself under and the club puts you under. Uh, and the fans put you under, but you, you thrive off that.
2: Do you remember in that season, in the Arsenal Invincible season, do you remember trying to kind of shut out what they were doing, Arsenal? Or do, were you kind of following it and thinking, like, is this going to happen? Are they going to do this?
3: Uh, I would like to think I would shut it out, but you never shut anything out because you think your focus is on, well, what are they doing? All right, we need to do this. What are they do? And you try and focus on just you. You can't. That's tough. That's the toughest bit. Um because you always you go and win and then you'll you're you're going and looking at checking the, the newspaper or checking the whatever and uh, uh and, and find out how did they how have they done. Blah blah blah. Uh, you you you'll never you'll never just block it out.
2: Did you think it was gonna happen?
3: As in us winning or them um going invincible? Them oh, them yeah. going invincible. The, you, yeah. Defensively they were so solid. And I think that's where they don't get the credit because defensively they were so, they were just unbelievable. Sol was the main man back there as well. Just a man mounted. Uh, uh, so once you get that right, everything else can fall into place because you've got some of the best players in the world to go on attack. But once you get that solid base, and that's what Arsenal used to have. When you can go back years and uh, Tony Adams, etc., yeah, they, they've always had a solid back draw and, and, and that was amazing, that back four.
1: Right, we've got rid of Thierry Henry for being too good at football, which I think is, is fair enough. Um, is so now you've a, won the league a... that season, that's cool. Yeah, yeah you've won the league. <laughs> yeah, Football history has been rewritten here. Um, talking of rewriting history, is there a moment you'd like to banish from your career and, and wipe from your memory?
3: Probably that um, the, the World Cup game, that goal that Ronaldinho goal um whether he meant
1: you're not the first person to to answer that way we've had david yeah. on before and unsurprisingly he also chose that moment
3: but it's like, <laughs> whether whether he meant it or not just it was just like it was just a bad moment you know and i'm and i'm marking my player and making sure jockeying him and making sure he's not running on looking and i'm thinking well where's that gone it's gone into oh, no. <laughs> oh. um yeah i think that's one of the key ones because again that we, we thought we were going all the way. And we were confident that we were going all the way. And we had some fantastic players. And yeah, it wasn't to be. And that would be one that I'd banished from history.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was an incredible team. It must be obviously one of the best teams you've, you've played oh, in. I mean, it had everything, didn't yeah,
3: it? Yeah, 100%. And then obviously they went on and won it as well. So it kind of makes it easier, but it's still not great, is it? Um, there are some, glad, like you saying, there are some fantastic players playing all over the world. And yeah, it was... Uh, it's only now I look back and I the players and you're like, oh, they played, oh, they played. All. You're like, oh, okay. So now you kind of understand, you kind of forget who, who they had in the team.
2: Tell us about playing for England. Because, Emil, that, that must be the most amazing moment when you first step yeah. out to do that.
3: 100%. Um, I was lucky enough to play for England from under 16s upwards. So I kind of got that... that, that um, initial what's the word is it passion for playing and, and the, the proudness of putting on that shirt from the under 16s and then you just build even further and further and when you get to the, the to the the uh, senior squad it's like yeah I've made it um, and then to be singing a national anthem in front of all these fans and your family being there with you as well to watch it is just amazing it's just an amazing feeling um, so yeah I was just proud to actually have done that. Um and I was I was so happy that I was able to go to two World Cups and two Euros as well. So it's it's, it's been uh, it's been good for me.
1: Obviously you were, you were such a you were such a key a key man in Sven's team. What what was he like to play for? What was your relationship like with him?
3: Sven was brilliant. Um I thought Sven was just what we needed especially at that time to bring all the players together. Um I know everyone says there was splinters and all that, but it's, it's 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 going to happen at the end of the day. If we if we play for Liverpool and, and someone else play, and I'm with you every every day at the club, and someone else is at Arsenal or wherever, I'm going to sit with you. So it it it's, it's a difficult one to actually try and get get right. And I thought you did really well. Um, we do we do a lot of things together. He um, would make sure we we'd be going out together for food we'd go walking together uh, because a lot of the time when you're in camp you're literally stuck in the hotel um and it's difficult to go out uh, but he would organize little trips out and stuff like that just just for walks at times so you can get out of the hotel at times um i thought he was brilliant at that and and then i thought tactically he was good i know a lot of people might think he was negative but i thought he was quite good in a sense we we wouldn't I'm not saying you wouldn't get beat, uh, any team would go and beat you four or five nil, but we'd never get to that point because he would he'd make sure we were solid.
2: And um, you spoke about um, starting playing for England at, at, at a young age and getting that chance to put on the shirt. I mean, you're, this is something your son is going through at the moment, as I understand it. Yeah, so two
3: of them are playing at this moment in under 18s and under 16s. So um, yeah, they're starting their journeys, which is great, and you know they they're, they're they're enjoying that journey. Um, I said, just just play and enjoy your football because um, it goes very quickly.
2: Do you feel like you can offer them lots of advice about it, or do you try and sit back and say, you know, this is their journey, and I've I've got my experiences, but it's going to be quite different for them now.
3: I think it's going to be quite different from them now for them now because um, of the different eras that we're in. But if they ever ask for certain things, and I I feel they could uh, benefit from certain things, I would tell I would tell them. Um, my like my eldest one plays in the same position as me, so I see certain things, but I don't know what the manager's been telling him, so I can't be telling him something different. If the manager's telling him to do that, you know, so um, that it's as a parent, after and, and a parent that's played, I have to really be careful what, because I know uh, what managers were telling me to do, and I'm not saying it was going against what I what I how I play or stuff like that, but that's what they want, so you go and do it, you go and implement it. And they're happy with that, whereas um, some parents will tell their their kids, "No, you got to do this because this is the way you play." Well, that's not the way you play because the manager wants to play like that. So I don't, I don't get involved too much um, on tactical. It's probably just technical stuff and and uh, taking taking the opportunities when you, when they come.
1: How different is it for him from what he's told you, what you've seen? Coming through Man City's academy compared to your upbringing as a YTS at Leicester, I imagine it's an extremely different sort of experience.
3: Just a just a little bit. Um, look, I think he's he's probably arguably at the best uh, institute for football in 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 England. Um, them and Chelsea are probably the best at this moment in time. So, and when you're looking at the football that he plays and 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 uh, what he understands within the football, I learned a lot of mine on the on the pitch. I learned from playing, from 16, playing with the adults, playing in the game where he could tell you a lot of stuff, just reel it off straight away because he understands it more than I did. I understood it when I went on the pitch and then I had to figure it out where he knows it already now, um, which is great. Um, but then there comes a time when you need first team football and that's going to be, that's going to come. Um, but he he'll he'll need that sooner rather than later.
2: To make progress, you mean in his in his career? Yeah, because again, I, I, there's
3: nothing wrong with under-18s football. I I, I I I I outgrow I outgrew uh, under-18s football when I was 16, um, and I needed to move on. Um, and they they pushed me, they pushed me. And when I say they pushed me, it was it was a bit of luck as well. When I say a bit of luck, it, there was a, there was flu going through the the the, the, the the squad. So I was one of the other, the other, only other forwards available. So they put you in, and then you kind of, you kind of swim. And everyone's like, okay, well, keep pushing and keep pushing. And that's when I became a, a regular at 18. So you need that little bit of luck to actually be able to play the first team football as well. Um But you need them. You, you need that setback as well to know, okay, well, this is this is a little bit different to the to the 18s that I usually play or the 21s and blah blah, because it's not the same. The mistakes you make in the 18s, you, you you can't be making in the first
1: team. So it ne- needs a strong immune system, is what you're saying, because if flu is going round, then, <laughs> then, then it's chance comes in.
2: <laughs> You've got to take yeah. your chances. That's exactly it. OK, so we've, we've, we've wiped something from history and we're now going to get to choose to get rid of one thing from football. Um, what would you get rid of from football today if you were if you were god so you don't have to tell us how you're going to implement this you just wave your wand if you choose to have a wand as god and uh get rid of it <laughs> okay uh,
3: um i've thought about this one it's only just come in but I'd get rid of it var <laughs> <laughs> um i was thinking whether to adjust it a little bit but no just get rid okay just get rid. let's have the discussions again. Let's have the... Let's have people making mistakes and have discussions again in the pub or, or at P- or mate's houses again. Um, because we're wasting... Not so... We do waste a bit of time looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. It could be four or five minutes. No, let them have the four or five minutes. Let them have the four or five minutes in the pub and we just get on with the game. Um, I don't think it's needed as much because I didn't think there was that many mistakes and this is me personally thinking I didn't think there was that many mistakes from referees. I think we were just blown out of proportion.
1: You're quite big on pub chat, Emil, which I'm all here for, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. let's all get in the pub and have a chat, basically. So does it does it kind of ruin your enjoyment now as a as a spectator watching the game?
3: Yeah, it does some, somewhat. Um I and mean, you you know you know that fun of of scoring a goal celebrating fans celebrating and that euphoria and that connection now people are stopping from celebrating and waiting looking around and saying are then celebrating that no, this is not that's not the connection no more we're losing a little bit of little bit of our connection with fans with 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 players the subs jumping up and running around uh and then they have to those uh, musical statues to know whether whether they actually uh whether he's a goal or not uh it's tough
1: yeah kate's got all these spurs goals she's dying to celebrate properly but you've uh you're, you're mute- muting celebrations aren't you mason oh um <laughs> you right i think that's gonna be that's gonna be a popular answer <laughs> not 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 the not the last time uh we've heard that one i think uh just get rid of var um right we're gonna take uh, a sharp turn towards food now emil um to ask you your football food of the gods, so this could be—I guess this could be a pre-match meal that you enjoyed, or just something you enjoy eating while you're watching football. But is there anything that springs to mind, food of the gods?
3: Food of the gods—I would say Caribbean food. Hey, okay. Nice. Do you want a specific? Yeah. Yeah, hit me. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, well, I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, I'm actually a vegetarian now. So, but—but but before I was vegetarian, I would probably say curry chicken and rice. Nice. Okay. With planting and sit and watch the football. That would be nice. The only, that, the only thing with that, you could go to sleep after eating it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's heavy, who, who's, who, yeah.
1: Who's making it? Are you making this? Is someone making it for you? Someone's recipe? I,
3: I would I would rather someone make it for me. Uh, I could make it, but I'd rather someone make it for me so I can just sit and relax, get prepared, get ready for the game.
2: That's because you don't back your cooking or just because you'd rather...
3: I'd rather just <laughs> chill. But
2: I do back my <laughs> Nice. And now you're vegetarian. Does that change things? In terms of oh, what you're yeah. choosing?
3: Uh, um, what would I go for? Veggie burrito.
2: Oh, okay. Mm.
3: Nice. Or you could just go for halloumi and chips. Halloumi
2: is the stuff. I'm sorry. I do love chips and gravy as well.
1: I'd imagine sort of growing up, uh, playing through the nineties, that you, your diet might have changed a bit as your career went on. Would that would that be right? Just a little, yeah. <laughs> Give us a flavour of what you would would you would have started with coming through at Leicester.
3: Um, boiled chicken and pasta. Um, what was that at Leicester? Yeah, boiled chicken and pasta. That was it. Very plain, very bland. Uh, Liverpool was um, spaghetti bolognese. Right. Um. And then throughout my career, it was like spaghetti bolognese, probably maybe salmon and, and veg. Towards the end of my career, it was like more veg in, and fish or veg and chicken. Um, and if I'd have known, I probably wouldn't have done spaghetti bolognese. It's quite heavy as well. So you've really only got three. You get like a three-hour window. So you've got to eat three hours before the game to get that fuel, that, that energy, blah, blah, blah. When I said fuel up, fuel up. But in the end, you, you, you feel quite heavy. Especially with spaghetti, but well, what I did anyway. Especially with spaghetti bolognese, and the reality is I probably should have just had uh, some sort of, um, like I said, salmon and rice, but not so, not so, nothing so heavy. Yeah. Well, this, this is, yeah. So we 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 rule
2: of thumb for us was three hours before the game. So you're supposed to eat three hours before exit before a big game. Because I feel like I'm eating two hours before the gym. So it's too it's too close to the gym. I should be eating longer before. <laughs>
1: hey, if you start winning <laughs> a spag ball, you're going to win a treble. That's that's what that's what happens. Like so that's fueled you in 2001. Clearly,
2: we should have had this conversation sooner. Uh, imagine what I could have done with my life. Um. Okay. So you're settling down. You've got your halloumi and chips and and gravy and a burrito as well. You've got a bit of a platter going on. We'll allow you that because you're good. So, um and you're watching the football, who would you choose to have with you?
3: Uh probably my mates. Probably my, my, my mates who I grew up with who um a lot of them played with me at Leicester. Um my best mate was my uh strike partner and the others played like at West Brom, uh Doncaster, etc. So yeah, we, we all grew up in and around the same area and we um we still we're still friends now, so i probably it'd probably be them
2: what are you uh what you like to watch football with Emil? what's I'm calm, your vibe
3: very calm yeah i'm very calm i'm very relaxed um I, I, I give the get in there but i'm not jumping all around the place at the yeah so that's just not me um but i do i do give it a little little fist pump every now and again
1: we turn to music now is there a football, a football-based song that comes to mind as you're like song, song of the God that you'd like to be listening to. Well,
3: it's, it's got to be. Um, it's coming home. Whenever, whenever, whenever a tournament's coming around, that's a go-to. it's coming home. He's coming home, and then you get taunted because it's not coming home. And then you, then you go round to <laughs> it's coming home, and you get taunted. It's not coming home, and it's just a, it's just a merry-go-round, isn't it? It's great. I
1: was um, I was convinced you were going to uh, say "On the Ball" by Ann and Death because, of course, you referenced you referenced quite heavily in that song.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like coming home. Yeah. <laughs> I get I get to sing it as well. I don't like singing my own name. Um,
1: talk, talking of football songs, can I ask you what it what it's like hearing "You'll Never Walk Alone" on like a big Anfield night? I can imagine not much compares to that.
3: That's amazing. Um, coming out to that and uh hearing all the fans singing it gives you goosebumps really um the first time i the first time i heard it as a player you're like wow it's just electric and you can feed off the energy you can feel the energy you can feed off the energy amazing uh, and then to go as a liverpool player even better even better um yeah and it's weird because the evening games the night games like the um the Champions League games and the uh, European games they're just totally different it's just even more electric
2: so you feel like it helps you on the night it do- it genuinely does oh yeah
3: 100% 100% gives you more energy um, more electric yeah
2: that's cool okay well we're nearly at the end of your um, of your reign as a football god Emil so the final question and I feel like I know what my answer would be if I was you but take it away mm-hmm. <laughs> what what game what game would you like to make last forever what game
3: would i like to make last forever i would have to say england five germany one (laughs) Uh,
2: give the people what they want Emil.
3: (laughs) the thing is well when you lose your last game at the old wembley it's tough to take and then you go into their back garden and they've 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 not lost in 50 plus competitive games and then you go one nil down. It's, yeah, that's that's backs against the wall. But we were fantastic that day, and uh, it just it just. I still get stopped now because of that game, and what we now twenty twenty four. I still get stopped now, um, and that's, that was uh, t- uh, two thousand and one. That game. So it's a game that will stick in everyone's memory. And you look at people. I've still get, I get stopped by people who uh, are, who I think are not probably old enough to even know about that game. Saying <laughs> yeah. we did this and I'm like okay great everyone knows exactly where they were at that time and that would be the game that I I wouldn't want to end.
2: Did you sense before you were going out did you I know it's hard to say because obviously now we've all experienced well we've all watched it we've all felt like we were a part of that moment did you feel on that day like anything special was going to happen or was it just?
3: Um, I can't say that we felt anything special was going to happen but we knew what we were, what, who we were. And like I said, Sven was very tactically astute with making sure we were we were fairly solid, uh, and that was one of the things that we were. We were very solid, so um, it was great that going into that game knowing that we were that solid. And when actually when we go went forward, we had a bit of bite about us as well. We had the, the likes of Michael only when he scored a hatchery. We had Stevie G in the midfield. We had skulls. We had Bex. We had Nicky Buck. we had all these players who were fantastic players. So. We 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 knew what we were capable of doing,
2: and you put in the fifth as well, and that was how. Tell yeah. us, tell us, talk us through it. Nail in the coffin. I
3: just remember um, seeing uh, Scalzi get on the ball, and me making a run in behind, because I I, I I'd, uh the defender had to probably come across a little bit. I just thought, let me make this running behind, and all I was thinking was make sure I have a good touch. Because I'm going one on one with the goalie. So I made sure, and I don't think I had really a great touch to be honest. I think I had a decent enough touch, but it was still under my feet a little bit. But I knew keep it low uh, and I'd uh, creep, like, it'll creep underneath uh, Carmen. That's all I did. And then did my celebration.
1: Well, I, I was literally just going to ask you about that. I mean, I'll never forget it. The D, It was the DJ followed by the golf putt. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, exactly. uh, so an interesting combo. Where did the golf putt come from?
3: Um, both came from DJ Spoony. He's a keen golfer. Okay, right. That's Where I was getting my celebrations from at that time. Um, the DJ one obviously is a DJ, and that was that was his thing. Um, when a good tune came on, uh, well, when he put a good tune on, uh, and then um, the, the the put the putting one was him as well. Because I don't play golf, so um, I can't say I could take that the the thing for that.
1: Your swing was pretty good that day. I remember nice little nice little putt.
3: He recently said it was quite poor, but I didn't think it was too bad.
1: (laughs) Well, it's iconic either way. Um, Amazing, right, Emil? That's that's your ten answers. Um, Before we let you go, we're just going to run through those as they are now. Ten commandments, set in stone, from Emil Heskey, football god.
0: The football gods.
1: Your team of the gods is Liverpool from the late 80s. Or the treble-winning Liverpool team from 2001, of course, you're involved in. And um, your first act as a football god, uh, um, in a cup final, a player, a particular player scores. is going to be worth two goals, and fans are going to get to vote on uh, on how many goals are worth double, which is brilliant. Football imperfection is Lionel Messi. You're going to damn Thierry Henry for hell to hell for being far too good at football. And the moment you're going to wipe from history is Ronaldinho's fluke against england in 2002 over over to you kate
2: ah the fluke finally someone said it uh you're banishing var from football we can all just move on godly food is a like an assortment a buffet it felt like including a vegetable burrito but before you're a vegetarian uh curry and chicken and rice and plantain all the good stuff also with a, a shout out to halloumi and chips uh, which is a quality meal uh, you're watching the the game with the mates you grew up with playing with in Leicester Three Lions is your song of the gods and in a very popular choice your game that's going to be lasting forever is England 5 Germany 1 in 2001
1: Great list thank you so much Emil. Job
2: done Emil Heskey thank you so much for that that was fantastic thank you for joining us on Football Gods
0: The Football Gods is a voice work sport production even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW report void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.